God. At the end of the year, I, I try to help refocus us as we go into this next year because um, people want to get all extra excited about starting something in January. But I really believe the way you end a thing is the way you start a thing. So, so, so I want us to end the year right, getting focused around our purpose and what God has called us to do and how he's called us to be a gift to the world, not to just get gifts from the world. God wants us to be an answer to somebody's prayer. And so I said, God, how, how do we get unwrapped? Yes, people, welcome back to the Property Strategies podcast. Jeez. We're back, man. Yo, people, what are you saying? What's happening? Who am I here with today? I'm here with myself. Kenny is in the building. Gokes, obviously. You're not going to do that thing. You have to do that thing. What, which one today, man? Oh, we're going to do that thing. <laughs> kind of funny, kind of chilly, kind of Nah, kinda... it's every day, man. It's every day. <laughs> we got, we got a guest today as well. Yeah, we got a guest. We've got a guest. Founder of... Bedtime Wealth. What's your name, Timothy sir? Timothy in the building. Come on. Come on. Welcome aboard. Great to have you. So I think the reason we decided to have Timothy on was um, Timothy is very passionate about passive income and he's got some income passive income streams that I think are very, very interesting. So today we just wanted to kind of give our listeners something new. Obviously, you know, we always talk about property on this um, podcast and however, we want to talk, we want to show you that, okay, cool, you can make money through property. There's some other income streams as well. And in regards to refurbs as well, we're trying to see if we can pick his brains on refurbs. So... Yeah, let's just jump straight in. Let's jump straight in, man. Well, actually, actually, no, no, let's not jump straight so in. Should not? I want to know how you've been, mate. How's your, how's your ah, week been? How's, how's life? How's it going? I'm all right, man. This is Akin, by the way. Mm. I didn't introduce myself properly again. <laughs> but yeah, man, I've been good, man. I've been, um, you know, I wasn't here for the last few episodes. You know, yeah, because you're making money, you know. Making the dough. <laughs> but you guys did really well, man. You hold it down. I'm happy about that. Mm. Um, no, I've been really, um, really busy with the, the management stuff. You know, I said, um, I've recently been doing a lot of management. Mm-hmm. Also come across a new mentor as well in, in property as well. I'm building that relationship with him. Nice. So we've been doing a lot of um a lot of planning for next year as well, which mm. is really, really exciting and, and really, really good. And obviously, we've done a lot of planning for property strat. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. And just sort of, you know, you know, planning for all the stuff we're gonna do next year, which I'm excited about. Come on. We got events. Come on, come on. We, we got training. <laughs> we've got a website coming out you know, we've got loads of so many so many people you know just like Timothy we're bringing loads of interesting people to come and talk about their stories mm. you know we're trying to bring all the untold stories and property to the to, to the to the forefront and um, these are stories that will help people young people you know people that are you know well established in property and people that are just starting off um, and really building that community so I'm, I'm really excited about you know everything that's going on and yeah I've just been busy man mm. just been busy my hairline ain't falling out, so it's good. You're I'm sure, still looking bro. young. You sure? Look way younger than I probably am. <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's been good, man. How's things with you? How's yeah. things with you, bro? Yeah, I'm busy. Like I, I'm always. You always um, busy, aren't you? Running. You take a day off? Around. Yeah, I mean, this basically, like I said recently, yeah. Mm. What's happened with me, yeah? Because obviously I'm flexible with work and stuff. Like I can decide when I want to work and what days and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It got to a point a few weeks ago when I realized, like, okay, I can take my foot off the pedal mm. and I can just work because everything is handling really itself, innit? Really so good. what I did was just booked like a lot of shifts that, you know, but obviously now I'm in it, I'm realising that, damn, like, there's stuff to be done. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm I'm finishing my nine to five and I'm coming back and then I'm I'm tired, like, mm. it's like, but obviously I still, stuff still needs to get done, but I'm still tired. So I'm, I'm battling that at the moment. I'm like, okay, cool, like, 
it's affecting business because yeah, yeah. I'm not putting enough hours that I'm meant yeah, to be putting yeah. in because I'm telling you, sometimes I'll, I finish work at say six, seven, yeah? Yep. And then it's like, I need to go deal with a tenant issue yeah. in Birmingham. And I, I'm can tell, I'm, I can tell that you're very close to your... Your, your ending point with this work thing. Bruh. I think you need to just, we just need to make a transition completely because it's not working man. out for you. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, yeah. It's, it's all I, steps I, though. Do you know what I think? I yeah. think what would change me on yeah. the situation here is getting a property manager, which I spoke about in yeah, the last yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully that. if I can secure that, will kind of make me more flexible and 100%. someone else can kind of do a lot of the running around coming, and stuff. Man. It's coming, man. Because, um, yeah, so that's 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 the aim, but that's what I've been dealing with. Past and then, then obviously we'll go into another time, maybe in terms of the goals for 2020, but what's, what's it looking like mm. for you at the moment? What's your, what's your heads at? What's yeah, your head? I mean, like I mentioned in the previous podcast, the one I done with Kenny, I was yeah. saying how a lot of the goals I was setting pre- last year were just mad, like crazy goals. Like mm. ones that I tried to, I made plans for it, but it wasn't in depth, like yeah, yeah. what you're gonna do month one, what you're gonna do yeah, month two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because there was so out there, yeah. I was getting to like month three, and it was like so it wasn't structured. It wasn't structured, but I was getting to month three. I'm thinking, wait, if you're trying to achieve X, Y, Z in by the end of the month, yeah. and month three ain't even done it, mm. anything towards it, kind of bun it, kind of okay, thing. Like okay. there's no point. So I think this time I'm gonna set set higher goals, but it's just got to be stuff that I'm gonna have a detailed. Plan, which I've been working on, yeah, 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 yeah. which I've been working on for the past say two months or so. I love so that. I love that. hopefully, I love that. yeah, that's that's just where my I was, I was the, and that's to do with the, obviously you got a mastermind group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's yeah. that? How's that? Like, how's that? Mastermind. How does that relate to that? Because obviously, yeah. So yeah. obviously, there's a group called Mastermind that I attend like once a month. And where does all, that even stem from? What book does that stem from? Think and Grow Rich. Ooh. I don't know if anyone's <laughs> ever read that book, but um, but yeah, Think and Grow Rich. Anyway, that that book was quite powerful, and they spoke about having a mastermind group. So it's just a group of people that come together and intertwine their minds and kind of critique it, and yeah. just lift each other up, kind of thing. In it and just and yeah, the aim of our mastermind group is just to have a limitless mindset, kind of thing. Is that the meeting that you attended today? Then? Yes, exactly, precisely. Yeah, so mm. I was there today from like nine to five, just ripping mm. people apart because we normally have to go up and do. <laughs> no, for real, you have to go up and do a presentation. You sounded like you went there to just rip people apart. No, I was on phone today still. <laughs> Did it rip you apart? Last week I was getting ripped apart. Oh, yeah, so last there. month I was getting ripped apart. So this time was someone else in it. Yeah, so, it's good, it's good. Um, so yeah, so but he's really good. So yeah. based on the mastermind, obviously. I'm working towards the goals and stuff that because cool. next meeting I was like, what's your goals? How are you exactly. going to get there? Exactly. you got people well, in, the, in the room telling me that don't make sense or, mm. okay, <laughs> tell me more. Like, do you know what I mean? So stuff like that. Today, like I said, today got very personal. Like mm. we were talking about some personal stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, man, it's the life we chose, isn't it? If yeah, you're trying to do business, you can't get emotional about it. Like yeah, take yeah, your emotions yeah, out yeah, of yeah, it yeah, and yeah. just get me. The serious guy. Yeah, so that's, the, that's what I was on today, man. And then, but yeah, man. Um, Kenny, also, Kenny, how you, how you been, bro? No, it's quiet as you know. No, 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 no. I was just listening to the stories and whatnot. But um, we've been up to. I mean, I was doing some viewings today. Um, I had a very interesting one that I want to share. I haven't actually told you guys this yet. Oh, right. Right. Was, this is probably the most interesting viewing that I've ever done. So, so obviously, without because just in case in the future you know, this person hears this, I'm not gonna <laughs> give any names or anything like that. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I was doing the viewing, met up with a person, she was across the road, so I sort of waved and I said, it's over here. Hello. So, anyway, so um, was doing the viewing, now it was going well. Now during the viewing, um, she mentioned that she had just come from a booking in the Midlands, so, okay. and in my head, I don't know why, but mm. I just thought, 
okay, maybe she's a caterer. Mm. You know what I mean? So I just left Where it that. that from? I don't know why. <laughs> it's just maybe every single time I've heard booking, that's just what okay. came to mind. About wedding and yeah. birthdays. Okay. And yeah, she just looked like that's what you were doing. It was sort of stereotype or sort of, I don't know. Okay, but cool. the first thing that just came to my mind, so I didn't yeah. say it, but I just thought, oh, maybe she's a caterer. So during the small talk, which yeah. I always do just to, you know, keep things flowing, nothing, no mm. awkward silences. So, um, so after the viewing now, I was like, oh, so you mentioned that you were doing bookings. Um, so what's this for? And then um, obviously she goes, oh, um, I'm a stripper. Oh. I was like, what? Whoa. But the thing is, I thought she was joking. So I started laughing. But then there wasn't the punchline. So I thought, yeah. oh, so I had to put on my serious face. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Awesome. Right. Um, interesting. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, no, that was my, like, that's where the story <laughs> ends. <laughs> that's where the story ends. Does she want the room? Does she want the yard or what? Yeah, she does, man. Okay. Don't discriminate, obviously. Obviously. So whatever um, job you do, that's, that's down to it. Let's leave yeah. it there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be awkward now. <laughs> yes. Anyways. Um, yeah, let's dive in, man. Let's dive straight into this yeah, so, I'm so excited to have this guy around. So yes. let's, let's, let's get some questions going, man. Before that, though, obviously, there's something we like to do when we have guests on. Oh, yeah, we do. Quick actually. fire question. Quick like fire Kenny, question. Kenny right. likes to drop. Yeah, let's oh, do, okay. let Kenny I'm do gonna it. I'm going to do this. All right. All right. So, so we like to do quick fire questions. So the rules, the, are, yeah. the rules are <laughs> the first thing that comes to your mind that's what you have to say. He's sweating, I can see it. You, know, you just have to say it. No, you know, no time to it. think. So I'm just going to ask you a series of questions, maybe five, six, seven. Minor questions. Some man. silly, some bit more serious, but it's what it is. So let's go. KFC or McDonald's? McDonald's, I prefer their chips. Really? Okay. Yeah. Straight to the point. All right. Same. Nike or Adidas? Definitely Nike. That's, that was the brand when I was growing up. Same, you know. What's the time <laughs> I wear Adidas today? To Adidas. <laughs> the Freshies too, too recent. The Freshies used to wear Adidas. Mm. You don't know what mm. I'm there. What, mate? Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> gazelles. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I had like five gazelles. That's what I wore. Mortgage or cash purchase of a property? Definitely mortgage. Oh. Mm. Can you tell us why? Like Briefly. Okay. Briefly, just a quick one before. Say you have 100 grand sitting around. Yes, sir. If you want to do a cash purchase, that means you can get yourself one property. Mm. If you wanted to throw down some mortgages, you could possibly get up to five. Mm. And your income overall will be a lot higher. Mm. There you go. That's it. Perfect. All right. Leverage. Okay. There you go. Um, Three 100K properties or one 300K property? Probably the three 100K properties. Okay. And why is that? Interesting. I like diversification. People usually think of that in terms of stocks and shares, but I also think of that in terms of tenants. You got one property, three hundred k. You got one bad tenant, you are effed. Mm. If you got three properties, the chance of you having three bad tenants simultaneously mm. is a lot, lot, lot lower. Mm. Okay. Risk so management. In terms of risk management. Okay. All right. And lastly, Birmingham or Liverpool. I'm gonna have to go with Liverpool, you know. I've got a lot more guy association from? with wow. the city. Is it? I think I'm shifting there. Soon as well, man. Liverpool. Yeah, it just sounds like you know there's a lot right. going on. There. No, I, actually, wait. He said he's got a lot of association. Why do you like Liverpool so much? If you say the football team, or if you say <laughs> clubbing, I'm joking. My mum was born there. Okay. Ooh. Okay, cool. My grandma studied there. Come which on. Is why my mum was born there. Um, and I know people from there. But as for Birmingham, I have very few connections with the city. Okay. I haven't been there got too got often. Have I you ever been there though? For a few hours. Damn. Wow. Okay, well, okay, how, how long ago was that? Probably a year or so ago, just for a work meeting. 
But most times I'm in Birmingham, I'm just passing through. Mm. Not stopping. You might change your mind if you actually But to then go again, there, I know Birmingham has a very lively Caribbean population. They I've do. seen them partying abroad. My bloody accent, they do. They do, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them partying abroad. So if I did have more time there, mm. I might have to switch sides. Yeah, okay. I, think you, I think you'd like it, man. Right now is Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Say nothing. Okay, so let's just get straight in um, to the episodes. Um, let's just start. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your background, growing up, um, how you got into like wealth and finance and stuff like that as well. So I'm from South London. I've been in Elephant and Castle, Woolworth, mm. Clapham, Brixton, mm. cool. moved around. Um, if I want to jump straight into how I started getting into yeah. wealth yeah. and finance. Um, when you're growing up, people sort of ask you what you want to do with life. Mm. And I kind of started realising you had to sort of pick between time or money. Mm. Um, I kind of wanted to have both. And one of the few ways I saw to do that was investments. Um, that's what got me into trading. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and that trading, because I wanted to take it to the next level, um, I was reading stuff and it said, go study finance accounting at uni. And that's, that's what started getting me deeper into it. When I was at university, I was learning learn about different asset classes, different ways to invest, um, tons of strategies and stuff that they call financial engineering, which is how to set a financial target mm-hmm. and sort of link assets in a particular way to reach that goal. So you're always sort of um, thinking about assets and wealth and sort of always had that sort of mindset from uni, would you say? I would say from before uni, but prior to uni, my mindset towards it was a lot more speculative. Mm. I was into this day trading, trying to just maximize profit. But as I learned the mechanics behind trading, the theories around predicting the stock market and the theories about why you can't predict it, that's when I started moving into stuff that was, that had a lot more structure. Like for example, with property, you have a contractual agreement. You get that rent month mm, after month. Mm. If you're trading stocks and shares, you really don't know what you're getting okay. day in, day out. Let but me jump in there, yeah? yeah? So let's just take it back a bit, yeah? Because I'm assuming you didn't just wake up one day and then this, you know, passion for wealth or blah, blah, blah kind of came out. What do you think kind of drove you into... Like that jump start? Maybe. Yeah, like what was... Because I guess there's probably a lot of people listening yeah. and just... Probably thinking, well, I'm not, I'm not like that. Like, how do I get? How did they get? Yeah, I mean, because for us, we always mention the book, you know, the rich mm. dad poor dad. Yeah, exactly. That's what helped. That, that was that was our kickstart. I don't know, for Kenny, what would you say your one was? Um, rent to rent, rent book. To rent. Yeah, that's probably what kickstarted me because yeah. I thought, what there are ways to make money in property without owning it. Mm. Wow. Was there or was there a kickstart? Maybe there wasn't. There, there was a few. It was a, a bit of a process. Prior to uni, like you need to start thinking, what A-levels do I want? Mm. What do I want to study at uni? Mm. Um, because my granddad is a doctor, he was pushing me towards medicine. I yes. saw the sort of lifestyle he mm. lived. I can relate. I was interested in medicine, but I was looking at it from the point, GPs can make a lot of money. Yeah. I can relate. <laughs> but, there's, there's, but during my gap year after college, um, I think I came across some of those, you see when you get those investment seminars, mm. they started showing me you can make a lot of money <laughs> and have a lot of time. Okay. And that's when I started really sort of tuning my mindset towards mm. investment. Um, at a point in my life, an aunt of mine in Australia just sent me three books through the post mm. and those were about building wealth. Okay. Um, can you name a few of them? You know, it's always a book, One of the it? key ones book, was um, by Robert Kiyosaki. It was the cash flow quadrant. Okay. Okay, that's the mm. second edition yeah. to the Rich Dad Poor Dad book. Mm. Okay, cool. Um, the next one was The Automatic Millionaire by, I believe it's Robert Batch. Damn. 
automatic millionaire. Mm. I wish I could do that. More, more. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, obviously, books are very important because... Books, so would you say, um, after your aunt sent you those three books, that's what sort of made you think? So after the seminar and then your aunt sent you those books, you thought, you know what, I've okay. Got, yeah, I've got enough here to sort of push this now and go for it. Well, prior to the books, mm. I I'd really tried my hand in, in day trading. I tried my hand on the demo platforms. I tried mm. my hand on the live platforms. Yeah. Mm. So I think prior to the books, I was really getting into it. Yeah. As I said, I think what, what made a really key change was was university, mm. where it shifted my mind from just trying to grab money speculatively mm -hmm. to actually invest in the assets with a long-term view. Got you. Mm. It's, it's, it's interesting because we had a discussion it was like two, three weeks ago about on our podcast about you know, would we go back to uni or if we went back to uni, what would we study? Mm. I, I know you mentioned the idea of doing, um, I don't know if it was accounting. I even forgot what I said. I know, it was, it was, it was something financial, maybe accounting account mm. and finance. You, you said, I did, you, I did, yeah. Yeah, you said accounting and finance. I said I wouldn't, I wouldn't. You wouldn't. Go, I wouldn't yeah. have gone to uni. I think real I estate like, or something. Maybe I said that. Yeah, I, I forgot you said, I think something similar. Yeah, um, go on. But I said I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gone to uni at all. I would have just dived straight into to investing and, and sort of maybe just finding a mentor and sort of. So was this question based from the perspective you could keep your existing knowledge? This is, this is, mm. how did you get to the knowledge you have now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no, no, it's, if you know what you know now, yeah. Like, okay. How yeah. would you, okay, what, yeah. what would you have done back then, like, based on what you know now? Then maybe I would study something more fun, but knowing what I know now, like property prices were a lot cheaper. Boy. Were a lot cheaper. So maybe I would have jumped into investments a lot sooner, maybe got a job. If I was going to study again, mm -hmm. I'd either do something more fulfilling mm -hmm. or something that paid more. Yeah. Okay. Something that paid more yeah. more fulfilling. Okay. So for would you have definitely gone uni or maybe I might have still gone for the experience. Okay. Yeah. And I, I like that. I like that answer. The foggy well. nights. Yeah. Okay. Like Got you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Right, obviously you're you're talking about how you know you got different um kind of like strategies and This know, is outside of your nine to five nine to five probably. So can like you can you tell us a bit more? Yeah. Okay then. So I was previously I was talking to you about some of the different income streams I have. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, a basic one that I have, but still a key one to me. The house that I live in, I actually rent out some of the bedrooms to to lodgers. Oh, okay. So almost like an Airbnb sort of thing. Um, not really an Airbnb sort of thing. A bit more long term than that. Okay. Um, I do use a monthly rolling contract, so it's flexible for both both of us. Oh, mm. so it's like an AST that you do like a three month rolling contract. As in a short short tenancy. Yeah. Month by month, very similar, but when you're a living landlord, different legislation oh, applies. Okay, okay. How but did you get into that though? Like, how did that come about? How did I get into that again? That links me back to when I was in uni, started mm. studying financial engineering. Mm -hmm. One day, I was just sitting down, it just occurred to me if I grab myself a house mm -hmm. and I can rent out some of the bedrooms, mm. there's a very good chance that the rent from that house will cover my mortgage plus more. Yeah, got you. Mm. So, that was a, a a plan I had in place at the beginning of my last year at uni. Mm. And then it was in place, started working. My number one goal was just save and execute okay, this plan. Okay, that was my question, yes. So just saving, saving, saving. I was on top of just my job. I was working Uber Eats. And Damn. then I was also doing another income stream, buying and selling mm. concert tickets. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so if like a Drake concert would come out, you'll buy like 10 of them and then you would try to sell it for a bit more? Uh, for a lot more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the day before the concert. He's outside we saying, were desperate. you want two bags for this ticket? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but oddly enough, 
when you buy and resell tickets, yeah. I'm aiming to resell those tickets within an hour of buying them. No, really? Wow. An and you're still charging. Yeah, but, yeah, but how's that possible? Like, but would it have sold out for, for yeah. you to gain profit? For the tickets I go for, generally they would have sold out by that time. They would have sold out in seconds. Mm-mm. So but so who? which kind of artists are these just out of curiosity? The first artist I ever did mm. um, was Beyonce. Okay. And I waited That's understandable. until... I waited until... The concert was happening before I resold the tickets and mm. I broke even. Oh, okay, okay, okay. The next time I did it was Ed Sheeran. Mm. And I can't remember what my rationale was, but I resold those tickets within minutes of buying them mm. for probably triple what I bought them for. God what? Damn. Wow. And I think I think the mistake is when it gets closer to the concert date, supply of tickets might be lowest, but so is demand. Anyone that really wants a ticket is not waiting until the day mm. of a concert to mm. buy to buy that ticket. True. And also, I think tickets are kind of like fresh fruit. Mm. They, have an, they have an expiration date. Mm. And anything that gets close to its expiration date generally loses value. Mm. So do you still do this now? I do. And then one of my goals for next year is actually start selling, buying and selling tickets for American concerts. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Nice. Yeah, so, so as you were saying, that's how you were saving money. So you had your work, you had Uber Eats, and then also you were buying and selling tickets. Buying and selling tickets and also limited edition trainers. Okay. Wow. So you're a real hustler. And that's, yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's what I was trying to get into your head. Like, where did this kind of come from? But I guess the books or sometimes it's innate, I guess. But yeah. it's, it's multiple stuff. So say tickets, everyone must have heard yeah. at least of buying and But didn't take tickets. actions. Mm, yeah, 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 I heard it. As well as hearing that, so yeah. I tried my hand at it. Um, at the time, the person I was in a relationship with, their brother was the accountant for someone that was earning six figures profit mm. per year buying and reselling Stop tickets. That eh? right there. What? What? Great stuff. What? And the brother is a qualified accountant. So the minute I heard that, I had no doubts about the, the authenticity of those figures. Mm. Do you know what I like though? The fact that you heard it and you didn't just leave it there. You mm. actually you've said, okay, I've heard it. Now I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to try it. You know, because, yeah. I like the way you explained the whole ticket thing as well. The whole idea of it having a, like an expiration date because right, I know what? when it comes to reselling, it's actually techniques. You need to yeah, know for real. what collaboration is going to be, you know, making the most money and stuff like that. And if it's off-white, before off-white even, everyone knows it's going to be a big thing. You know it's a big thing. Mm. Or whatever it is, or you know what the trending thing is. So that's that's very, very interesting. Well, in today's day and age, even if you're not in that ticket world, you're not in that trainer world, mm-hmm. there's ways to measure trends like objectively. So... A lot of artists I'm buying and reselling, I've never heard of them in my life. Okay. Serious. A lot of trainers I'm buying and reselling. Them dons at Ned Zeppelin. Okay, so you have your own techniques of finding what, what what's working right now. ACDC. Okay. So do you go on to, on, anyway, let's not go into, yeah. you know, because this is your, this is your field, you know. And and then, yeah, so secrets. obviously <laughs> what you're talking about now, because um, I know you've got this strategy called house hacking, I think you like to call it. Ah, yeah, I remember is you that what you're what you're talking about in regards to renting so out your house? where I'm living and renting out bedrooms, that is definitely a great example of mm-hmm. house hacking. Okay. I feel that term is more so used in America. I'm not sure why it's not started getting big in the UK mm-hmm. yet because mm-hmm. I've seen it featured in a lot of places, including Forbes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But house yeah. hacking is basically sharing your property with tenants, and that can I that with the aim of bringing your living costs to zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you'll basically yeah. be living out for the same cost as living with your parents. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that's, that's, a te- that's a technique actually, sorry, that's the technique that's actually, I came across enriched that portal actually. It's in that book. Okay. And basically, so, yeah. um, so that's why the term hacking means that you're sort of jigging the system. Like, Precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just to put some like maths to it, just to give people 
an example. So let's say your uh, mortgage is £800 a month and then it's a three-bedroom house. So mortgage and bills are £800 a month and it's a three-bedroom house and you've got uh, maybe two rooms and you rent them at 450 each. So that's 900 So that means you would have paid your mortgage and bills and have £100 spare, basically. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Got you. But you can take it even further than that mm. because the government, the UK government encourages this. So the first £7,500 of rent you get from such a technique, mm. tax-free. Mm. Tax-free? Mm. Otherwise, you mm. could opt to sort of calculate your property income like a normal landlord. Mm-hmm. But then your personal mortgage is now starts becoming partially tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Your personal utility bill is partially tax deductible. Yeah, yeah. Um, on top of it, as I was mentioning, when you're a living landlord, there's different legislation that applies. Uh, you mentioned that before. Um, so there's certain, for example, the right to rent document you need to give to tenants. Mm-hmm. No you longer need to, to give that, that to okay. them. Um, you still need to give them most of the documents, like yeah. the energy certificates, yeah. the gas certificates. Okay. So obviously, are they titled lodgers? Is that what you call them? Or are they tenants or what? Um, legally, there's a difference between a lodger mm. and a tenant. To your bank mm. or your mortgage lender, there's a difference between a lodger okay. and a tenant. Oh. For example, tenants have their own rights, irrespective of the landlord. Yeah. Um, that's why you can find it very hard to kick tenants out even right. if they're not paying that was my next question but obviously just to bring it back a bit as well so I'm assuming obviously you bought this house because you're living in it so you bought it with the intention of living in it 10% deposit I'm assuming or how does that work Is it, do you have to drop 25% because you're going to or how does that work yeah, that's a good question you'd grab it as a residential mm-hmm. property mm-hmm. Um, I, don't, I don't even know if you need permission from your lender, lender. To, to lay it out to a lodger because again mm. it's a different legal relationship I think you don't that's why I'm asking that question I think mm. you don't it's not like a if you're having a tenant that you need to literally but obviously because again a tenant's rights can extend beyond the homeowner mm-hmm. a lodger's rights generally cannot extend beyond that of the homeowner and you can if needs be evict them at much shorter notice than a typical tenant yes okay and just while we're talking on tenants do you target a type of tenant like or like would you go for a tenant that's dss or would you avoid it for my situation personally i would prefer a professional tenant that won't be in the house as much as someone that isn't employed Mm. that's because i cover the bills for the people that i'm living with Mm. Mm. and if they were in the house i would be paying for gas and electric for the whole day as opposed to someone that's going to the office for most of their day okay so you probably would want someone that's working nine to five just on paper? Ideally, but my, as as for most landlords, my key target is I just want everything paid on time. Yeah, got you. Okay. Fair enough. So just to summarise what you just said, that's a type of property strategy, um, property strategy um, in regards to buying a property and then just letting out the rooms yeah. in that property. But can I also get a bit more creative with it? Yes, mm. please. So some people would absolutely hate to live with tenants, mm. completely understand that. Yeah. What I was aiming to do in 2020 is gra- so this is again another house hacking strategy mm-hmm. much more common in america with what they call duplexes okay but the equivalent in the uk would be buying a house and splitting it into yeah, apartments yeah and then you rent out one apartment to tenants and you live in the other so again you're house hacking but you're living by yourself okay. you don't have to worry about mm. you have your absolute privacy mm. you don't have to worry about messes anyone else is making that so you'll probably um would you still have like the same communal entrance or would you try and separate that too kind of like you see those abc flats yeah yeah so you have the same it's, you you have two front doors i suppose you have the front door to the yeah, building yeah. Yeah. once you're in there you're in the foyer and you and then you would have your own Part. entrance and they yeah. would have their own entrance. Got you. Okay. So, okay so i guess with that obviously 
you're gonna have to do refurbishment and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, most definitely. So just tell us what your process is with like refurbs and that, and yeah, do you tell get? Tell us where you invest as well. Tell us where you invest in the UK as well. So when it comes to where I personally put my money, that would be London. I have worked on a few stuff outside of London. Um, I was assisting someone with purchasing an investment property in Liverpool, mm. which never ultimately materialised. Okay. I'm also helping my cousin do quite a large refurb in Sheffield. Uh-huh. Um, the reason I prefer London, because um, space is at such a premium in London, there's certain strategies I can exploit that wouldn't work so well outside of London. Got you. For example, if you added a few bedrooms using 45K, in London, that, that can increase a property's value quite a lot. There's some places in Wales where properties, a whole property is probably 25K. Mm. You spend 45K on that property, you'll never see it again. Mm, mm, mm. Like such a technique will only work in an expensive city. Mm. Got you. Okay, okay so, um, so are there any other property strategies that you have in mind that you want to, um, or maybe just wealth making um, things that you've been doing? Um, and then maybe if you list them and then we can have a short break. So a great other wealth building strategy I could tell people also that also relates to property is you can rent out your parking space. Oh, oh. This could be if you've got a designated parking space with your own number, no one else parks there. This could be if you've got a driveway. Um, it's a bit more tricky, but mm. even if you've got parking permits for your area, mm. um, there are quite a few websites popping up recently to sort of facilitate that. So this would be like the Airbnb of parking spaces. Mm. Mm. Very interesting. Please give us examples. Do you know any top of your head? If not, it's, it's a great one would be just park. Okay. Um, that's really good for um, if you want quite short term you heard about this actually oh, yeah. it happens a lot of concerts actually when there's um if there's a concert in an area where let's say drake's performing in wembley or whatever people in wembley will jump on these websites and rent out their parking space for people that are coming from outside london really outside of the area yeah it happened for um Burnaway, actually so oh, a lot of people wow. um paid for a parking space so um so this renting would you try and target like a north london central london area or would you just think anywhere goes for a car park i think good places would be hospitals Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, concert venues, mm-hmm. train stations, especially where you've got people that might drive into a train station and then take a train to work. Okay. Those are the main ones I can think of. Yeah, because so it's actually crazy because hospitals, like, they actually charge staff to even park. Like, they charge you monthly, which mm. is which I've always found crazy. That's yeah. Some so people used to find ways to avoid such things. Where I've personally thought of picking up some uh, parking spaces soon, it's probably the Clapham High Street area. Okay. Like, if I'm ever going on a night out in that area, parking is a bit tricky. Oh, really? Yeah. Parking is a bit tricky. Shortage, shortage too, by the way. <laughs> shortage. So in literally in content, you're saying you can buy parking spaces. Is that all lease or what? what yeah, how does how it rent, You're renting it, is it essentially, no? Um, you can buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, alternatives, you could you can actually do rent to wet rent with a parking space. Uh-huh. Oh, can you? Uh-huh. Strategy alert. <laughs> property strat alert Come alternatively on. you could speak to say if it's a driveway you could speak to the homeowner and, and see if they want to do sort of a rent split agreement a, a, a profit split agreement with you mm. so you find the homeowner in a good area knock on the door and be hey you can make some money you know rent no, out she don't have a car yeah yeah yeah. You can make, so make some money rent out your car if you walk around London you'll notice a lot of driveways are empty Right. Those are all potential people you could wow. form some sort of agreement with. I did not know this. That's a big strategy. So that's something you're looking into that's in 2020? Or? Most definitely. Knocking okay. on my neighbor's doors. Yeah. <laughs> well, well you're giving us some gems already, bro. We're going to keep diving in to this episode. But we're going to have a short break and then we'll come straight back. Lovely.
Another go mad at the city's whip. Okay, okay. So they wanna know if this money legit. Okay, okay. All that desire is still no drip. Oh, that's a shame. Right now, man, I'm in my zone. When we hit the road, see you switching lanes. guys welcome back to the property strategy podcast um yeah timothy bro you've been dropping gems already in this episode i think one of the biggest reasons we wanted to bring you onto the podcast is to talk about some of the repro you know refer processes you've been through so could you talk us through some of the processes please uh a favorite <coughs> refurb of mine would have been a garage conversion i did um i learned a lot in that process and i had a lot of challenges that made me come up with some very creative solutions um so I'll take you through that now. Okay. okay. When I was looking around, a garage conversion seems to be one of the cheapest refurbs you can do. Oh. And one of the most profitable. That's in contrast to maybe a loft conversion, mm-hmm. which in London might cost 40 grand and adds 40 grand to your value to your property. So net profit of zero. Okay. Garage conversion. I think the average should be about 15 grand. Um, it can definitely add like 30 grand to your property. Okay. Wow. Okay, cool. Um, so when I was running around for looking for somewhere to buy, that's what I had in mind. I had the garage conversion because it's quick and easy to do. You've already got three existing walls. You just need to throw up a single wall, um, throw, throw in some insulation, etc. Yeah. Um, a big issue with mine is that we assumed our floor was a solid concrete. Mm-hmm. It was actually a layer, of, a thick layer of concrete suspended in the air. Wow. So the foundation wasn't laid properly then? Oh, there's definitely a foundation. Yeah. It's not typical for a residential property, but oh, that's okay. what I had to work with. Okay. Um, that's not something you can just saw through. You'll bankrupt yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, that also made it quite tricky to get the plumbing done. Okay. Mm. Let's go through from the beginning. Um, I sketched out the garage conversion on my computer. Okay. Um, so you didn't use architect? You, you did it yourself? Not or? at first, because okay. when I... Uh, asked around for architects, the quote I was re- quotes I was, w- was receiving were between two and four grand. Oh, wow. What? Okay. But then when you say you sketched it out, like, did you worse. learn how to use a software or like, did you just use paint? Someone in my area had already converted their garage. Um, but if you go into planning permission register, you can generally grab their plans. Mm. And then if you have a few skills on paint, paint net or Photoshop, okay. you or even if you just print it out, you can, you can sketch something out that will be adequate for for yourself mm-hmm. and then also for an architect in the future okay so that's the first step obviously you got the architect or, or you're doing it yourself yeah. and then at this, at this point i hadn't called in the architect, architect. i've just sketched out the plans right. myself mm-hmm. and, and those prices got you reacted to the yeah because no it's because right, typically in berms um to get an architect but then again for example to get an architect to turn a three bed to a six bed to yeah. Four, five bills, you, five hundred wow, pounds. Okay, you can, you can cool. get. So that's 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 hence why I was like, "Oh, right, two yeah, grand." Is that like, that's like London price, or it might just be what he's doing is a bit more complicated, yeah. maybe. Because the price I'm talking about is that like if you're trying to convert a three to a five bed, yeah, exactly. get an architect. You know, you can just pay them five hundred pounds. They'll draw out the sketch for you. Got and, then, and then you're good to go, but yeah. yeah. Timothy, speaking of that, is that, that, is that typical price, or, or you know, in terms of that price, what, what I sent out a lot of emails, so. Yeah. And most of them were around the four grand mark. Wow. There you I got go. this from the got the emails addresses from the Rebar website, so Royal Institute of British Architects. Yeah. 
Maybe that's a bad place to hunt. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> top shotters. I suppose, shot is, I suppose with an architect, you could use an architect in any city. So that could mm. be a plan that's for That's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That could be a plan for the future. Yeah. Just contact. They'll come down. You know, yeah, do whatever yeah, they need to do. Whatever. £30 pounds, yeah, yeah, for the tra- train. So. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's, that's important. Okay. So obviously now you, you know, you've got the architect, you've got the structure on paper now. I guess yep. you need to find builders or people to do the, the work. And stuff there. How's um, that process look like? My favourite place for getting builders for any kind of work is mybuilder.com. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. What you do, you put out a job and then people will contact you saying, um, I can do it and here's how much I'll charge. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? They'll generally need to come to the site first and do a small inspection. Mm. Um, so I was getting quite a few quotes from there. The person I initially went with um, didn't work out too well in the end. Okay. That's the, Wait, so had you, you already that. started the work with him or was it that? I had definitely already started. Oh, and you got him from the mybuilder.com, I'm assuming, right? This was my umpteenth builder from mybuilder.com. This Damn. was definitely, the, I've had two baddish builders with him being bad. Okay. And one, upset, st- man. I've had two bad builders from mybuilder.com. Yeah. Well, generally they've been amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that, has that been the biggest issue you've had to overcome, like your bad builders, basically? The biggest issue I had to overcome on that personal project yeah. was plumbing. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, your toilet, in particular, ne- the diameter of the, the waste pipe from waste your toilet, pipe. Mm. leaving your toilet needs to be a certain size, needs to be at a certain angle, and sometimes that can be very awkward with where you want to put new rooms, because I wanted to put a new bathroom somewhere, and I was nowhere near the soil Train, pipes. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Um, I went with a technique that's often used in Europe called the macerator. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like to refer to it as a toilet blender. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Right. We're going to find out. <laughs> what, what a macerator is, it's a device. It takes any waste that goes into it and blends it. Oh, I've heard and enough. This, <laughs> means, this means that the pipe leaving the macerator doesn't have to be four inches wide anymore it can now be oh yeah okay got got it Um, it doesn't need to obey gravity anymore you can pump the waste upwards you can pump the waste horizontally okay you can you can pump the waste horizontally like 100 meters for some of these some of these devices all right the only issue to them is that they're loud oh Hmm. so every time you flush the toilet (laughs) tenants are hearing (laughs) (laughs) that that precisely so i would say avoid them if you if Mm. you can But they might be, you might have to use them. Um, And the more powerful, more reliable machines are the louder ones. Mm. I did invest about 600 pounds into soundproofing. Okay. So this will be a further course you have to take on. And they're not as easy to maintain as traditional plumbing. Mm. Another large issue I had to overcome was digging a foundation for the new wall to replace Mm. the garage door. Okay. But, um, Thames Water also had uh, pipes very close by and they said the weight of our new wall mm. would put their pipes at risk. And they said, what you're going to need to do is do a specialised foundation. The application for that alone, let alone finding someone that can design it, is quite expensive. And how long is the process for them to even get back to you? For uh, Thames Water, they tend to get back to me quite quickly. So oh, I'd okay. imagine their guideline is probably within 30 days. They'll probably get back to you within a week. Oh, that's okay. good. Okay, that's good. That's that's good. But I saw something called um, Grand Designs. Rather than having a, a wall built out of brick and mortar, like we usually do in the UK, I had a wall built from a timber frame. Um, sheets of concrete were then screwed onto each side. Mm. Um, it was insulated with the necessary insulation. And then what we put on top of it was something called brick slips. Mm. So these are like ultra thin bricks. 
Mm. We're talking about less than a centimetre. Okay. So it sort of Bruh. creates an illusion that this is brick. It's precisely. the weight issue though, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's lighter now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But since we're since I was using wood rather than brick and mortar, the wall was a lot lighter. No foundation was needed whatsoever. There wasn't going to be any stress on the gas pipes down there, no stress on the yeah. water pipes wow. down there. Um, I think that saved me a lot of hassle. Did you have to prove it to them, like, look, this is how much it weighs, or did you just have to... Um, they... They just can took your do word for it. Well, the architect does some calculations, mm. okay. but um, also they can do some calculations. But from my point of view, it's almost as if they took my word from it. Yeah. Got you. But a timber wall doesn't rest on the floor. You actually screw it on into the walls on the left and right of it. Oh, wow. Right. Got you. Problem solved. Before, before um, obviously, you know, we finish off and stuff, because yeah. I just want to obviously emphasize the fact that you've got a few strategies that you yeah. use to, yeah. you know, get passive income. Now... Yeah. Obviously, we always talk about property because we're property strategists, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm sure a lot of people might not be interested in property or they might want to do something different. Or yeah, yeah. Just, so just tell us exactly all the strategies you have in place and mm-hmm. just tell us briefly about it. Each one, yeah. Okay, so I'll run through them quickly. My favourite one and the one that will get you the biggest return quickest is reselling concert tickets what? and trainers. Trainers especially. You buy a wrong concert ticket and you're stuck with it. You buy wrong trainers and you can't resell them. You just send it back. Oh, okay, <laughs> for real. And yeah. for example, the first time I bought trainers was Yeezys. Yeah. I brought them for, I think, £150. In less than a week, I'd resold it for about a grand. Pardon? I so this is where you save Wait, money. But then yeah. to even buy Yeezys, do you need, like, do you, you have to queue up for hours patience. or mm. what is it? You need a computer. Mm. Yeah. You need IP addresses bouncing off. What? Do you? It doesn't, Do you? Have, it doesn't have to be that complex. Okay, that sort cool. of stuff will give you an edge. Okay. But um, you need to know when they're coming out and you need patience for trainers in particular. Mm. Tickets, you'll know in 10 seconds whether, you, whether you've got them or not. Trainers, you could be sitting in front of that screen for a few hours. Uh-uh. Just waiting to... Mm. Waiting. And you're just, you're just entering into raffles. You're just trying to see if I can get in and get them. Um, I'm... I do virtual queues. I haven't really done raffles too much. Okay, because I, I thought did, raffles is the way you get in. That's one way, but I, I just can't be bothered to. Oh, cool. <laughs> Fair enough. So you, you got man, that one. Trust me. Mm. Next. Um, I mentioned renting out car, car parking spaces mm. already. Yep. Good places to do that would be just park, especially for, for short-term lets. Okay. Mm-hmm. And there's parklet and your parking space. With, with those websites, I've got longer-paying um, customers. Okay. Damn. So you actually do that currently, let a parking? Most definitely. Mad. Um, a great one, this one is completely passive, is pay-to-pay lending. Okay. Um, mm. Explain. In short, when you deposit your money into a bank, a bank goes and lends that money out to other people. Yes, they do. And that's they charge, say, 20% interest, and they, and give, they you give you 1%. Stupid. What you can do instead is you cut the bank away and you lend directly to those people. Okay, mm. hi. Um, my favourite website to do that would be Mintos and another one would be Twino I did actually write an article about this but okay. those, both those websites you'll be getting double digit interest rates okay wow. that's nice but, so is it like okay someone needs 10k on a project I'm going to give them 10k and then you can give them 10k or you can give them a fraction of it oh so someone else can jump in mm-hmm. and say okay I'm, I'm going to do the 3k many people lending mm. this person their 10k wow. so it's, just, it's, just, it's just a better way to not put your money in the bank basically. so you're getting 10% plus interest back. most definitely got you okay that's another strategy um, another one this isn't quite passive it requires a bit of time but they're switching banks to get bonuses mm. Mm. Um, the way I usually do that I am not going to change my main bank account 
for anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can create an additional bank account and you can switch that one around. Okay. Oh. So you haven't disturbed your main banking. Oh, I've got a question. Does that affect the credit rating, yes or no? Slightly. Okay. Um, applying for a new bank account is like a like a new credit application. So if you do that a lot of times in a short time frame, it will temporarily bring your credit score down. Mm. Okay. Well, so just spread it out across like the yeah. year. Like do it maybe once, twice a year, would you say? Or Me personally, <laughs> I will do it in a <laughs> short space of time. As it. much as possible. <laughs> I will do it in a short space of time. I think banks care more about your credit history mm. than your credit score. I've never missed a repayment, okay. been late. Mm. Even if my credit score falls to me doing all this nonsense, people will still lend to me. I've never had an issue personally. Mm. Um, so, but if, if, you, if, if you feel more comfortable, spread it out. But the some of these offers are time sensitive, yeah. so you might miss them. Yeah. Mm. Give me an example, sorry, quickly. Give me an example of like offers that these banks offer, what, 250 pounds for every? I wrote about, so Clydesdale Bank, a bank mainly up north. Yeah. Um, I joined them for 250 pounds. Um, one that's, that's that's long gone. One that's probably still happening is Nationwide. Mm. Um, if you recommend a friend to join na- Nationwide, both of you will get £100. I'm doing that one. And like, does it take long to come? Look at that. Lighten up. Money. You know? <laughs> Halifax gen- generally pays within seven days. Mm? Most of these banks pay within 30 days. Okay. The longest I've seen is payment within 50 days. So let me jump in, yeah. So I've opened a bank called Halifax now, yeah. Seven days later, they dropped me £100. Can I now say buy to Halifax and go to Clydesdale or something else? Or how does it work? every single bank, you can walk away straight away. Damn, and keep my money. See yeah. you later, sucker. So like the one like you can the recommend yeah. for me, like let's just say I'm looking now. At the moment. If you jump onto Money Saving Expert, they've always got the best offers listed. Mm. Okay, cool. um, mm. But I said, as I said, nationwide, if you recommend a friend. Damn. It's really good, man. I think HSBC is probably doing £200 at the moment. Yeah, They'll sure, probably sure. pay you in segments. Probably £100 now, £100 and £6. The reason I love this strategy that's is... That's amazing. Is, is some of the younger people listen to this yeah. podcast. They have to do some... Uni students. Uni students. All these little I, tips. It's, it's one, so great for them. One thing, if um, some of these banks, one of their criteria is you need to bring over a certain number of direct debits. Mm. Um, I give away direct debits on my website for a pound a month. Alternatively, you can just go to any charity, set up a direct debit for one pound a mm. month. Okay. And that will count as an active direct debit. And they give stuff away for that or what? They give... Say me for example. Say yeah. if I wanted to switch to Nationwide, mm-hmm. and they said you need to come over with two direct debits. Right. I could just go to Oxfam, set up two direct debits, two pounds or maybe a month. one to Oxfam, one yeah. to Breast Cancer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are my two direct de- active direct debits. Yeah. And if they have a criteria like you need to deposit a thousand pounds a month, mm. if you don't have a thousand pounds a month, you could you could get a hundred pounds, deposit and withdraw it ten times. <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> It doesn't need to be a thousand pounds in one go. Mm. Accumulatively, it needs to be a thousand pounds deposit or five hundred mm. pounds wow. deposit per month. To amount to a grand, hey, to a thousand pounds. Very clever. Very that's key. I've got a few more <laughs> questions, but I carry mean, on anyway. Yeah, I mean, where are we going to see you in five years' time? I want to know where Timothy's going to be in wow. five years' time. What a question. Yeah, no, that's straight, no that's pressure. Straight to it. Well, in the next few years, I, I, I was looking to start cutting away days from a nine to five and, f- and hopefully focus on bedtime wealth more. I wanted to start writing and releasing books on different strategies I have. Okay. I've written, last year I wrote a book. It's currently outdated because the platform it mentions has closed. Mm. Um, but I wanted to start writing quite short books. I, I write quite concisely. Yeah. Um, mm. So in 2020, I 
aim to release a book about investing in the stock market, that'll be a 10-page book. Mm-hmm. Investing in pay-to-pay loans, that'll be a 10-page book. Damn, investing really in in specific property strategies. I'm going to be aiming to keep these 10 pages. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Carry on with your strategies, but I feel like you've still got some more. Yeah, still, I don't worry. And I have one random that. question. Well, not random. It's based on what you said as well afterwards, but yeah. Um, if you spread your money across different banks, um, you could generate a fair bit of bank interest. Um, again, as I said, I have a, a book that's published on Amazon. I received some royalties from that. Um, there's dividends from shares. Um, a good way to to buy shares is hl.co.uk. That stands for Hargreaves Lansdowne. Mm-hmm. Hargreaves Lansdowne, I think it's the biggest provider in the UK, being a very long-standing provider. I doubt they'll close. Mm. They charge 0.1% more than most platforms, but they do have good customer service. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I'm, but I'm mainly with them because I expect them to be a long-standing platform and their, their share selection has good filters so mm. I can find what I'm looking for. Um, on propertypartner.co, you can actually buy a small share of properties up and down the country. Mm. So You saw crowdfunding? This yeah, yeah, yeah essentially basically crowdfunding like a property mm. um, and then you will receive your share of rent from it each month. Mm. Um, if you want serious income from property, mm. that might not be the place for you. If you don't currently have a lot of investment capital, and you're looking for something that is very, very passive, mm. that is the place for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. As opposed to property partner, I prefer something called REITs. It stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. Okay. Um, depending what REIT you choose, you'll receive your rent, your your share of the rent either each month, each six months, each year. Mm. Um, they'll take your money and spread it across many properties. These will be corporate properties. These will be residential properties. So you could, you could be one of the owners of Asda, of random warehouses. <laughs> Um, hospitals and you will be receiving your share of the rent each period that is specified yeah. to begin Do you need with. Um, certain criteria to get into that? Not as far as my way it's just as easy it's just like buying stocks and shares. Mm. Mm. Cool I have to take it back to one of the things you mentioned you spoke about car parks I know I keep mentioning car parks but can you give us like a case study of what the numbers look like like how exciting car yeah. parks are that? I'll use the ones um where I live, mm. I rent out both the driveways in front of my house. Okay. Um, my neighbours just started doing it. Two more neighbours do it. Mm. I started this three years ago. First year, I don't even know if I made £50. Okay. Mm. You know, I probably made like £10 okay. for the whole year. Yes. Wow. The next year, went up to £50. Um, this year, last time I checked, I'm definitely beyond £800. Okay. But it's with both, both spaces combined, I'm bringing in around probably 150 but you have to bear in mind every that month every month mm. you have to bear in mind that um, earlier months were less than others there was a peak in the summer mm. so it's not the same every single month okay, cool. um some of the hot period i guess or what it seems to be because the mm. 10 pounds i made in my first year mm. was in like july august it's so, <laughs> so a bit like airbnb, airbnb the hot time is, is, is the start is the season yeah, yeah. summertime and christmas times i t- tend to be the times where people could imagine a lot of from selling tickets I know a lot of UK concerts happen summer and Christmas yeah. mm. so those could also be the peaks for my parking I don't That's typically true. ask people why what they're parking there mm. yeah. maybe it's fair, important to be honest you should get that information because yeah you could then maybe I, not I rent I see not, them you know not rent yeah. oh, okay. I, just see, I just see their vehicles so they book it online and stuff and then book it online park up in your okay, house cool. no one's there kind of thing last question before I shut up yeah, I'm going to ask about you spoke about royalties just explain what how what is that how do you make money from that 
a royalty. So if you've produced some sort of art software that other people buy, lease, etc. So in my circumstance, it'd be a book. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wrote a book and put that on to Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, every time a customer orders the book, Amazon just ships that to them. Mm-hmm. Just prints and ships it on the spot. Alternatively, people can just read it digitally and I get paid for each page someone reads. Mm. Okay. Um, what's even better for that, if I think in the first month, people can read an unlimited number of books for free or okay. something yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, and I'll yeah. still be getting paid for it. Yeah. So in my circumstance, each time a book sells or is read, I'm paid. Okay. All right, cool. So um, before we plug you, um, I had a question as well. So you see, okay, I've always had a mindset on stock because I don't really know about it. Um, at all and I think a lot of my friends as well it's just something that we hear about and you see on Instagram you see on Twitter oh this person's making this much join this training you know pay this amount and I'm going to make you 5k every month or something like that it's not going to (laughs) happen I just wanted to hear first hand you know (laughs) that's why you should stick to property (laughs) yeah go on I've gone through a lot of uh, academic research Mm. and the academic viewpoint is that you can't predict share price Mm. Um, so do you think these guys just got lucky I think they could be faking it. Yeah, they have to sell oh, their product, innit? Yeah. They have because to sell their courses. That's probably got where their income comes from. Come on, you can rent a Lamborghini, bro. Like, you can rent it and I can stand in front of it and do a video, a 10-minute video. And you think that's so how do they sleep at night knowing that they're doing it? <laughs> <laughs> you that's should that's their own, innit? Like, you should their own. Capitalism. No, because once... <laughs> what did you say? How do Yahoo boys sleep at night? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I did that myself. Uh, you know what? Once, I actually put, like, um, the minimum amount. They wanted £250. Pound, mm. And I must have done it. I didn't even tell anyone. I just thought, let me just see. Like, <laughs> 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 Expose <laughs> yourself now. Come I lost all his money. This was, like, last year. I put, like, £250. Like gambling. It's something to do with vectors or something. <laughs> Just gr- grandma predictions bookies, up and down. He's even working the bookies. Thought, All right, great. How much you make, bro? No, no, no. Let me get to it. So, <laughs> like, so when I did it, so the guy gassed it. He was like, yeah, do this and you're going to make big money. Cool. And then he calls you now and he's like, okay, let's be honest. To make serious <laughs> money, you got to invest about, a, like, maybe a grand. I'm like, yeah, you know yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? Go like, Just... Give me my money back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, give my money back. It took me a I'm month to get my money back. Oh, wow. It took me a month of me going back and forth. Man. They were just like, oh, right, so who's the richest stock investor that you know of? Warren Buffett, I, I hear, isn't it? I don't know anyone. And what advice does he give? You can't, I don't know. Oh, you invest the things you know? Oh, no. There's that too, but it's generally diversify. Mm. Diversify. Mm. Oh, if, yeah. you, if you invest in the FTSE 100 as a whole, you could expect, on average, 8 to 10% a year mm-hmm. in, in the long run. If you hold the FTSE 100, um, the S&P 500, if you hold those big diversified portfolios for five, 10 years, your chances of making a loss are very low. You hold them for less than that, you're probably not going to make significant. You, you can, I'm not saying you won't. Mm, if you play the lottery, you can become a millionaire, but the true. chances are you probably will just lose that money. Yeah, what's 30? Yeah, what's mm. guaranteed? So what uh, would you, based on that, what would you say is like your best strategy out, out of all these that you mentioned? Depends how much time you have. If you have flexible working hours and you can dedicate a few mornings a week or weekends to tickets, you can make a lot of money buying and reselling tickets and trainers. If you currently have a lot of money, um, maybe go for tickets. They're more repetitive. They're more scheduled. If you don't have a lot of money, maybe go for trainers. Mm -hmm. Um, For tickets, if I buy an event today, um, even if I sell it today, I'm not getting that money until the concert has been performed to, to avoid me selling counterfeit tickets. 
Cool, yeah. I could be selling the concert six months in the future. So I need to be ready to drop drop money that I don't need for six months. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trainers, if I buy trainers today, sell them today, I'm getting PayPal's giving me my money in a few hours. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, love you know, that. Thank it's you. Been for a great, it's been a great episode, it's man. Amazing. So many gems. So Too many, many gems. So many gems. Oh, and last week, if you don't have a lot of time, mm. um, and you don't have much appetite for risk, I would say pay-to-pay lending. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hmm. I like that you mentioned that because people do have different risk level when it comes to mm-hmm. investing, and not every all the strategies you, you you've named and you've you know you've mentioned, they all suit different types of people and yeah. they're different kind mm-hmm. of risk levels. Also, so thank like, you for mentioning that. Also, like, um, where can we find you? What are your socials? Where can mm-hmm. people follow yeah. you and stuff like that? So on everything, on bedtimewealth.com. Bedtimewealth.com. So I'm most active on Instagram and Twitter, Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at bedtimewealth. Mm-hmm. You can also get me online at bedtimewealth.com. Okay, okay cool. and uh, our listeners, can I just DM you and just ask your questions and that? Most definitely. Cool. Most definitely. We're going to add you as well. When we release the episode, we'll yeah. add you. We'll explain what the episode's about. So, mm. But yeah, man, thank you for coming. Man. It's been really, really good. Thank you very much. Um, that's it for the episode, guys. Till next time. Next Peace. Time. Peace. 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 Peace.